Oh, well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast, yes, where we'll be discussing uh, Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3, Episode 9, Trusted Sources, and also Star Trek Voyager Season 6, Episode 4, Tinker, Tanner, Doctor, Spy. Get ready for some excitement. Okay, that's all I can do of my Stewie slash gay villain uh, for the evening. Um, I'm Chris Newcomer. I'm your host. With me, as always, is Michael Henley. Hello. Janium. He's got something in his throat. And Carrie coleman Henners. Hello. Hello, hello. Hey, Carrie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm eating a Reese's peanut butter cup. Ooh, love that. They're really good. Um, I'm not gonna stop. Okay, then I'll, I'll pivot quickly to someone else for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I'm doing great. Uh, I haven't been watching a lot of Star Trek lately because I'm addicted to Korean dramas now. It's my new thing, and I think that maybe I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. I I don't know what happened to Netflix. They, there's a lot of international shows on right now, and I really enjoy all of them. But the the I'm just obsessed with the the K dramas. The one I'm watching right now is Crash Crash Landing into You, <laughs> and it's about and there's always somebody who's like really high powered, you know, wealthy you know, heir to a, a fortune. Like they're always very wealthy, you know, they have a lot of mm-hmm. clothes and they look very good and that's what they are really into. Well anyway, she's she's doing some paragliding and she crash lands in North Korea. No. And oh. <laughs> oh that's oh that sounds bad. <laughs> it does sound bad, but it's such a char it's such a charming show because of course there's romance. And I can't get enough of the romance, and I just am like, oh, that's sweet. I can't get enough of it. So that's how I'm doing. Keep thinking about that. Well, are you telling Scott Henners to give you K-pops, a K um, K, you know, drama style romance in your in your everyday life? Yes, it's an, it's a lot of staring from about five feet away. <laughs> well, he can do that. I've seen him do that in scenes. <laughs> it's just a lot of hot and steamy eye contact. I love that. Very good. Very nice. Well, okay. So K-dramas, check them out. Uh, hey, Jane Nim, how are you doing? I am. I'm good. I I biked a lot the other day. Good for you. Philadelphia nice. is, a, is a pretty bikeable city. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice places to bike. Yeah, especially if you're going east to west. Um, yes. It's pretty mm-hmm. nice. So get out there and, uh, oh, oh, and uh, my building has this like giant, it has this like lawn basement kind of area where you do laundry, but also it's where everyone puts their bikes and all the bike spots are taken up. So some dingle locked their bike around someone else's bike. Oh, what? That, no. That oh. person left a note that said like, please move your bike. You're blocking my bike. And the bike has not been moved for four days. I've been counting. Oh, are no. you? And oh. so something bad's going to happen to that bike. And I'm yeah. here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, well, they, they absolutely they're, they're deserve earn that. They're gonna earn. They've earned that. Um, they should have. They should have gotten hit earlier in their life, and they wouldn't okay. have done this. All right. 
Oh, oh here, here we we're are. back to abuse again, Jay. Here we are. Not abuse, just like you know, you you mess with another kid on the playground. A lesson. I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. You just you know, you Jay, mess with another kid on the playground. The if... teacher shouldn't separate you. It should let like the other kid get a hit in and then uh -huh. separate you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What if it's... Jay, what if what if something happened to this guy? What if he's a missing person case? You know, yeah. like what if he's in a ditch somewhere? But, Did you ever but think hold about on. that? Yeah, what if he's what if he's floating upside down in a Wissahickon? That then, you know he doesn't, then he doesn't care what happens. <laughs> he's in to the Schuylkill. And the he's other in person, the Schuylkill. Yeah, then the other person can get some catharsis by like destroying the bike <laughs> and the lock, and it doesn't even hurt anyone. It's a victimless crime. All they yeah. had to leave their family in, behind was their bike. In fact, that lock, which is made of gold pressed latinum, <laughs> which actually would make for a pretty flimsy bike lock. I yeah, right. Um, I'm just gonna say, if that, that person at room temperature or whatever, yeah, probably, yeah. if that person is floating in the Wissahickon, I think it was rude of them to not let everyone know in advance that's what was going to happen, so that right? everyone would know to move the bike. And that, and honestly, this happened before they were floating in the Wissahickon, so it's just a separate thing. It really is, they yeah. Were, I mean, this is pre-Wissahickon float. Okay, and knowing yeah. that, I, they probably deserve to be floating yeah. in the Wissahickon. Yeah, I think I think they're in the Schuylkill. Okay, okay, right. okay. They got dumped in the Schuylkill by the person whose bike they trapped. I'm That's just gonna say. I'm just going to say I really hate the philosophy of like, don't speak ill of the dead, because I'm going to tell you, some people have, you know, occasionally some people die and they deserve <laughs> Chris, to have, have, have spoken ill of. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, let's say this person, let's say this person is floating. Are we supposed to ignore the fact that they spent their last couple of days on earth being this much of a dick about their bike? Like I, I, Chris. A quick recap of this current episode. We've said we many <laughs> more people need to get hit, uh -huh. and uh, let's Absolutely. speak poorly of the dead. Oh yeah, um, and I let's just lean totally, totally all the way. And in. I'm not, I'm Chris, not a monster. Chris? No, no, hold on. No, you are. He, because... Look out, Gandhi. Here okay, we come okay. with some hot okay. takes. All right. okay. No, no, well, Mike, we're gonna make you into a monster. But Chris, you're nominally okay. the host. But Mike Henley has the host permissions in the Zoom meeting, so disagree oh, too hard or make him look too bad, and he will boot you. Right, I'm Mike? okay. Yeah. I have the I'm password too. I can get right back in there. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable okay. because Chris is uncomfortable. And that okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yes. Okay. Oh, so finally, I'm gonna my end. Faces I'm gonna worked. end this. <laughs> I'm gonna end this. Michael Henley, apart from your feeling about the dead not being able to rest in peace, how are you doing? <laughs> Well, um, I saw a body floating in the woods, and now I'm kind of putting two and two things together. Um, no, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Halloween was nice, and uh, uh, I don't know. It's the end of the year already. When did this happen? I don't know. No, it's um, not. It's not there yeah. yet. Got like a not there just yet. Yeah. Um, you're triggering no, our. So. You're yeah, triggering but, our seasonal affected disorder. I know, but I everyone's. Already making like Thanksgiving and Christmas plans, you know, because you we're to. adults and it has yeah. to happen like four or five weeks in advance. So you it really makes to. me feel just like, you yeah, this to. is really the end here. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, we have an election tomorrow. Very exciting. Yeah. I, I hope, we hope everybody, this will probably air after the election. So hope you went out and voted. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I, I definitely hope. For the planet, you... for the state, for the country. Uh, yep. Yeah. That would be good. Um, yeah. How, oh. how are you doing, Chris? How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, um, I had a good weekend, jam-packed with improv. Um, I had I did a show with with Scott Hinners. Uh, that uh -huh. was a show on Saturday night in Ambler. Um, and oh, good, Jay's back. 
And uh, we had a great show. We did a show about baseball, which I think definitely cursed the Phillies because as we did that, they just really started losing. Uh, <laughs> I think that might have been our fault. It was um, you. You brought the birds here. But it was the Ambler Raccoons. That was the baseball team we were doing. In the, I um, love the Ambler <laughs> Raccoons. And then someone was trying to like, they were trying to break off and start their own team and like Blambler and they were going to be the, the Blambler Possums. Yeah. And then I was, I played Mary Lansdowne, the mayor of Lansdowne. So it was very regional improv humor, which you got to love. Like um, and then we had auditions for Thank You Places on Sunday. So I've just been doing musical improv all um, weekend. Um, and we just kind of said a little little goodbye for a little while to one Scott Hinners, who's going to go. Where's he going? <laughs> he's taking some time he's off. not going anywhere. He's I in know, the next room. I don't know. I know he's, he's there, but I'm yeah. saying he's not doing Thank You Places for a little while because you guys are going to do a thing. Um, you're um yeah. oh you're 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 cleaning a strip of the highway right that's what it is you're doing that one mile at a time. Mm. yeah we've adopted mm -hmm. a highway we've adopted, we've adopted a highway, a highway. <laughs> wow mm. incredible oh wait no you're having a baby that's what it is Sean we're McKinner's. having a baby but yeah. i've i've already told him that he can take time off of whatever he wants to take time off but i'm not taking time off of the star trek podcast <laughs> i love that <laughs> <laughs> I'll still have my window into the Hinner's household, yeah. which is really all I do this for at this point. So this is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that very much. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, yeah, that's pretty much mostly what's going on. Um, I don't know what's, uh, uh, but but we should probably get uh, into it. We're doing two episodes this this uh, this review season, and we're going to do. Um, oh, there's a lot of extra noise. There's a going lot of there. ambient noise happening. <laughs> Jay, is that you? um maybe sorry i have a a, a wendy's kids meal toy <laughs> like, okay, oh, okay. Like, three months ago and it's yeah. like a giant crayon that uh that you that has a piece of paper in it that has smaller crayons inside of it that you then use to draw upon the paper and mm -hmm. i just saw it lying i just it's like i want to open this so I wait, it's heard, the ambient noise you heard was jay's creativity yeah wait a minute mm -hmm. call wait and call stifle it for summer. 45 minutes <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah jay quit it <laughs> uh, uh, this is why i'm trying to turn mike henley to the dark side i'm seeking to repress yeah it's it's not gonna take much you know we we we, we yeah. can knock this out right now and, i feel like tomorrow uh, could really do it i'm at this point i feel like tomorrow could really turn me to the dark side too yeah but that's not what we're here to talk about we're not here to talk nope. about the fall of society we're here to talk about um star trek lower decks season nine ep season three episode nine trusted sources i'm going to give just a quick synopsis um, uh, which is from uh, everyone's favorite source for these kinds of things, uh, Wikipedia. Chris Newcomer? Oh. Yeah, I, of course, did my due diligence of writing it down. No, because I, I would get names wrong. I don't trust myself with this shit. I do trust the nerds of Wikipedia, though. Freeman's, I'll do this one, this one also I'll try and do in the, the Stewie accent. Freeman's Planetary Revisitation Initiative Project Swingby is approved. Admiral Buenamigo assigns her to visit Oma Ornara, a planet whose population were forced to quit an addictive substance, Felicium, due to Jean-Luc Picard's actions 17 years earlier. I can't keep this up. To Freeman's dismay, they are to be accompanied by journalist Victoria Nuzay Freeman, uh, Freem uh, Victoria Nuzay. Freeman cracks down on recreation and controls Nuzay's access to the crew, hoping to project competence. Finding Ornara thriving and uninterested in Federation aid, Freeman and Buenamigo decide the Cerritos will visit nearby Breca, whose sole industry has had been Felicium, in hopes of justifying swing by. 
after Mariner circumvents Freeman to speak with Nuse, Nuse confronts Freeman about many embarrassing details of past missions. Incensed, Freeman immediately transfers Mariner to Starbase 80, a dead-end assignment. Uh, Mariner is rendered heartbroken by her mother's actions and the angry approval of her uh, and the angry approval of her crewmates uh, to her being reassigned. The Cerritos discover a depopulated Breca occupied by the Breen and are narrowly saved by the Aledo, a fully automated Starfleet ship of the new Texas class. Nuse's report is heavily critical of Freeman and reveals that the embarrassing details were gleaned from careless statements by the approved interviews, while Mariner had only glowing words for the ship and Freeman. A remorseful Freeman tries to reach Mariner at Starbase 80, but learns she has resigned from Starfleet and is now Petra Aberdeen's first officer, setting off for parts unknown. Yes. And that is Trusted Sources. Yes. How, so how do we feel about this episode, y'all? What do you think? <clears throat> Jay, your volume. Hi. Uh, isn't Project Swing By, like, the supposed, like, gene, like, I don't know, smart idea that wasn't being implemented it's not just like good policy to go check in on planets that you mess yeah. with yeah yeah i think that's why yeah. it's funny i think yeah and i love the 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 swing by it's a really funny thing. Well, i love that it's a reference to <laughs> some we're, we're, a, a big episode from from yeah. earlier season of next generation yeah the first season yep oh yep. which one uh the episode is called symbiosis it's like the episode it's like episode number oh. 22 or 23 um and yeah it the establishes the, the, and the yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically planet of users planet of pushers um right and uh it's kind of i would argue it's one of the weaker episodes of the first season i it's think season one you know it, yeah, it's, yeah yeah it is it, it 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 is what it is but i really like the fact that they called out how you know essentially how some of the writing in that early going of next gen was basically just like picard just kind of like doing this kind of malicious compliance thing of the prime directive or something like that, where it's basically just like, like, like he essentially, you know, kind of really, um, you know, puts people in a bad place. And it's basically just like, well, so long. And he's like, we'll see you later. Um, <laughs> and uh, I like the fact they kind of, you know, follow, it's just like, maybe we should check up on them. I think that's, I, 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 I thought that was a, that was a cool conceit. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. they never mention it ever again, but in my no. mind, like yeah. in my head cannon, you know, my head cannon mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, the starfleet they have people to check up on them just because i mean we all have wor- all, we you know salesforce has built-in workflows for you you can set up you know just a i'll do a stop. check in on these people stop. i'm just saying stop i'm saying please don't. <laughs> please don't salesforce terrifies me well i mean I i'm not thrilled to be using it but it is part of my daily life so I'm oh just me saying. too that's why it- Sorry. Their TikTok account is this like child who goes around to people at conferences being like, what? How do you like CRM management? And it's it's horrible. It's horrifying. Jay, that's Chris. That's Chris. It's me. I'm a child. (laughs) Hey, Jay, how do you like CRM management? Did you remember to set a tax for next week? Hey, I pulled a report. You can filter by day. Uh, <laughs> well uh that aside the episode of symbiosis i always stands out to me because i always remember like uh wesley crusher is really young and like oh, naive yeah. in that in this episode and he's like what are drugs yeah <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> addiction 
Yeah. What a nerd. <laughs> and no, and then like... he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. And, he, utopian, you know. and he asks Tasha Yar because, you know, Tasha Yar came from like a dirty planet, you know? So like, it's, it's, you know, yeah, but I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's really the thinking too. It's basically just like, Oh, that's Tasha, yeah. you know, like she um, came from a dirty stinky yeah, planet. She's from the rough side of, <laughs> Of the no, they, definitely. They, they call it the rape planet. They do call she it. I mean, it they the do. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that's not the, us. The, the rape we're trying and... to be nice. Like, we're trying to be nice and call it a dirty planet. But she's yeah. like, you don't want to be anywhere the, near those rape gangs on that yeah, rape, rape planet. That's the writing on this <laughs> first season yep. of Star Yeah. I wonder <laughs> why Denise Crosby thing. didn't want to stay on the show after that first. No, right? Yeah. 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 I can't possibly figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, it's and, a pretty tone deaf handling of class now that I think about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I don't um, think it could have gotten much worse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he asks her, and Tasha is basically just like, "Oh well, let me explain this to you. Like, well, drugs are uh, drugs can make you feel really good." <laughs> and then I know there's a second. There's a second part. There's a butt to that sentence, but honestly, that first one as is the one that's been memified like crazy, like over the past, like yeah. like on social media, <laughs> like in in Trek groups, like over yeah. the past couple of years. So that that's all I remember about it. I love, well, yeah. I have many friends who really have only paid attention to the first part of that statement. Certainly, exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. Well, I love that lower decks will find like will remind us of these things that's mm. what they like their uh their references and their callbacks are so um you wouldn't see that you wouldn't see a callback to that in like a major motion picture let's no. just put it that no. way no. that would not be although maybe that but, would have improved yeah. nemesis i don't know if they had a, a, a reference oh, like yeah. this in there <laughs> nemesis is perfect oh, oh my god it? but nemesis <laughs> is like i know jay loves nemesis we talked about I'm, the it's it's underrated, honestly. I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm not I'm someone who thinks it's it. terrible. It's been it's been definitely 15 years since I've seen Nemesis. So it might oh, it's not good. Don't get me wrong. It's just. No, but it's I mean, just, well, yeah. there is. Listen, I watched Halloween Town last night, so I'm not worried about good so much. Okay. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, there is a similarity with Nemesis because you have the two planets. You have like the Breckians and the Ornarians, and mm -hmm. on uh, Nemesis, you have the Romulans, the Romulans and the Remans. Yeah. So they're like close together. It all has always made me wonder about like, what if Earth had like a cis what if things were different, you know, parallel mm -hmm. universe, you know, headcanon, headcanon. <laughs> I'm just gonna say headcanon a lot. Um, what if Earth was close to another planet, like within distance? And what if we grew up like with that planet? Like, how would it be different? Another, you know, mm -hmm. planet with humanoids on it let's put it that way so anyway that that thought of that intrigues me yeah it'd be interesting mm -hmm. i mean I've, there's that there's that um there's some new netflix show on about infinity and talking about how if you know if, if in fact you know the universe does go on forever then in fact there are probably copies of us living some slightly different yeah. universal version of us in an infinite number so yeah, maybe there is maybe. a universe somewhere where you know there's a, a twin planet where everybody where everybody's hats are, are backwards yeah or you know they wear shoes on the wrong foot or <laughs> they are in a utopian society Seems... where capitalism hasn't ruined everything <laughs> All, any well, one of those yeah yeah well Vulc vulcan is supposed to be close to us in the star trek universe so maybe that's mm. in the star mm. trek version it's not like before the it got it's destroyed not the in, same. That, in the jj abrams same. one yeah <laughs> <laughs> I feel like whenever they're talking about like distances in Star Trek, there's one place that they throw out as like a bone to us. I'm forgetting which one. 
some star system. Andromeda? I, I feel like they mentioned Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Or like, yeah, or like Alpha Centauri or, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was pretty close, I think, yeah. yeah. Did you guys like the use of the journalist to sort of like bring forth a little drama in this episode? Yeah, it kind of did. It was a, yeah. it was like a device, a, a good tool yeah. to get people like... Yeah, I had a feeling that Mariner didn't say it. I, I, before we knew that, I was like, I don't think she said anything bad. This has got to be some yeah. sort of... Yeah, it would have been... Yeah, and 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 also I think that you know like very 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 you know aligned with Captain Freeman's flaws, where like I do think she sometimes tends to kind of ignore some of the flaws of you know some of the other people who are under her and really kind of put it all on on a uh, on a uh, a. Uh, uh, the, the, her daughter. Are you okay? Her daughter. <laughs> daughter. I'm sorry. Daughter. I'm sorry. I swear I'm okay. I, I okay. swear I'm okay for yeah, some reason. Yeah. Michael for some reason, I'm just having yeah, no, trouble saying words. words. <laughs> no, no, no. Weird Zoom glitch. Weird Zoom glitch. Never. Yeah. yeah. Pretty. Yeah. 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 Zoom. It was the Zoom. It was the Zoom. That, that was my Max Headroom impression. Yeah. Zillennials won't remember, but uh, Max Headroom was, well, he well he sold Pepsi a lot. Uh, Pepsi. I've yeah, seen the Pepsi. Max Headroom interview on Letterman. That is wild. It was it's like crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like yeah. Four. That's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. I also know what Max Headroom is. <laughs> I, he's like, yeah. I saw it on an old thing called a DVD. Because you are a man of taste. <laughs> well, if you watch like oh, Back to you. the Future, uh, yeah. the second, the second one, yep. where they go What's... to the future. future Arguably, the, on the better of the three. I, I prefer Back yeah. to the Future two of all three. Oh, of them. Interesting yeah. take. Interesting. Yeah. I yeah. Oh, oh okay. I, I've always considered it a bridge between the two. Okay. All right. Mm. Now, once again, I haven't seen these movies in 20 years, so maybe my opinions could be updated, but uh, (laughs) we we shall see. Yeah. Uh Anyway. Um, Do you guys, I I definitely enjoyed um, how broke down Starbase 80 is. I mean, we got a glimpse of it, but it does look like, you know, the back room (laughs) at a Denny's, and I appreciate that. that Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is not the first time they mentioned it. I can't remember when they mentioned it before, but it was supposed to be like the threat, like, you better shape up or we're sending you to Starbase Starbase 80. Yeah, and it was so funny. They're like trying to hit the thing with the broom, and they're like, they have like one of those spin uh, Rolodex kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> contact things, which is really ridiculous on Star Trek. But I loved it. I loved it. Like, oh, yeah. There's a, they left something open on this episode because the Breen apparently took over that planet, but we didn't really know why or how. Yeah. Or uh, they just sort of. They, uh, maybe we'll find out next maybe that episode. will be the tie-in with strange new worlds considering the breen are a, a right that's a strange new worlds kind of enemy no uh the gorn oh, are the shown gorn? up the most in strange gorn. new worlds yeah breen are sometimes letters mix breen. up in my brain so the breen are not <laughs> the breen need to wear this outfit they don't actually but they have like this electronic voice so you never know what they're saying for it's some like reason a, it's different oh they're from and... the they're from the dominion right yeah. Uh, well, yeah. they, they are. The yeah, they allied. Yeah, they're an Alpha Quadrant piece, yeah. but they they allied with Dominion. Yeah, so so they're bad. Because the, the lady very... who was like falling apart was just like talking to those guys, and they're like, <laughs> and she's yeah. like, my, my face is falling off. They're one of the only um, uh, aliens on Star Trek where you can't actually understand them when they're talking. Well, they feel kind of Star yeah. Wars to a me. A little they mysterious. Feel like... Yeah. Well, they're their costume is. 
Well, their costume is literally in um, Return of the Jedi when <laughs> Princess Leia. No, I mean literally, like Princess Leia when she goes undercover, basically to you know mm-hmm. she comes and bringing Chewbacca and everything. That's literally she's practically wearing a Breen costume. Well, she's so it's very like modeled Fett, on that. Though. I always confuse yeah, with Boba Fett I, there too a little bit. They're like dressed similarly. Overlap, but the like the hel- the the helmet is very similar to the one she wears. The the Breen helmet is very similar to yeah. hers in particular. So so yeah, no, you're you're definitely right to pick up on the Star Wars DNA there. There also there's also like I remember they, they come in big in the fin- final season of DS9. And I remember, oh, I wish I could remember, but like there's some sort of weird kind of like they definitely preserve a kind of mystery of the Breen where we don't understand, we don't necessarily understand where they come from, except it's very cold. We don't understand their language or anything, and we don't really even know what one looks like under the costume um and i think there's at one point like someone steals like a breen costume and it's you know like like out out from like wearing someone and then they they still do the thing of just like we don't know what breens look like it's like but you saw one you stole their clothes like how's that possible yeah but i kind of like that they did that where kira rescues uh daughter with i i think so yeah i think that's Mm -hmm. yeah that that's definitely one of them that's one of their first appearances well, I like that the Breen have still are are left open for our uh, yeah. imaginations and interpretation, and that they didn't. I don't know. They uh, people could people um, talk about that Voyager made the Borg less threatening, but because we now know too much about them, so like leaving the Breen open. Is, but also uh... we had been dealing with the Borg at that point for like 13 years <laughs> like I mean at a certain point you can't they can't be just always the yeah. eternal enemy so I guess yeah well I just yeah. yeah I just mean it as a, I don't necessarily agree but I just mean it as like um a, a, a com- compare and contrast yeah for sure type of thing. Mm. yeah actually um, it's funny I was just reading um some because apparently in the latest episode of Prodigy um <laughs> they they discover something about because basically Prodigy now is supposed to take place I think six years after the final events of Voyager. Um, and so then they're in the Delta Quadrant and they've come across like a um, a dormant Borg's ship. So it's just like sort of revealing, like it's the first sort of in-canon Ooh. information we have on like what happened to the Borg right after Endgame, right after. Ooh, interesting. Um, okay. Um, Janeway. Um, so I haven't, I haven't finished the article or seen the episode, so I don't have all the information, but I'm, yeah. it intrigued me and made me want to watch the episode um, mm. to find out more, you know? I'm trying not to watch... Uh too far ahead of when we're, we're talking about a show like i want to watch it right before we uh, talk about it so it's like fresh on my brain so that's smart yeah I, that's got, smart. I got fresh i'm very fresh you know very yeah. fresh very ripe yeah fresh brain going on <laughs> <laughs> fresh brain for your head cannon you know what i mean um... <laughs> brain juice I, I, practically I... leaking out of the skull mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, any any other thoughts or feelings about this episode of Strange New World? I'm oh, whatever the hell. Yeah. Lower decks. Lower decks. Yeah. Uh, before before I hand the reins over to Carrie Coleman Hinners to talk about uh, Voyager. <laughs> I love the joke where she was like, Cal- "Covering a California class ship is really special for me. My family is from Flagstaff." But also, like, because like, in my brain, until the like the end of this season. It had not occurred to me that California class ships were all named for like cities and, and towns in California. And I was like, oh, Cerritos, it, I get yeah, it now. It didn't, dawn, it didn't dawn on me until just now when you said it. So you're, <laughs> yeah. you're not. Well, seen, uh, have you, have you, have you seen the next episode, the last episode of this season? 
no, I didn't watch it yet because okay. I want to. It'll it'll become yeah. much more apparent. Yeah. <laughs> they would they had then then they had the Texas class ship at the mm -hmm. end, where it almost felt like they were setting up the Cerritos for failure because oh, yeah. of they wanted to they wanted to unveil this. Uh, oh yeah that I thought was really interesting the unmanned starship I'm like of course we don't mm -hmm. actually need people on these starships <laughs> people are superfluous but for these shitty b-level jobs we're sending California yeah. class ships on yeah 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 I did think that was interesting what if there were a New Jersey class that'd be exciting right it's like oh, <laughs> oh we yeah. got the uh we got the <laughs> Camden we got the Point uh, Pleasant, USS Point Pleasant. We got, uh... Uh, Secaucus, the Secaucus. I work on <laughs> It's just all the Northeast Corridor stops. <laughs> Hoboken. Yes, we got the Hoboken, yeah. <laughs> we got the USS Secaucus here to pick up your trash. And of course, we've got coming in with, uh, uh, on full thrusters, the USS Weehawken. Ready <laughs> to go. <laughs> oh, wow. I like it very much. Well, Carrie, do you oh, want to wow. do you want to give us a little rundown of Tinker Tenor, do. Doctor Spy? I do. Let's talk about it. Um, what I've decided to do is because I watched it literally just before we logged on to talk about it. Um, is I didn't. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna recap it just from memory. It. Do it, baby. Sure. Just yeah. from yeah. memory. Okay. So, uh, Tinker Tenor, Doctor Spy, season six, episode four. It's a doctor centric episode. Um. So what up EMH fans <laughs> in the audience? Um, so the doctor has been messing with his programming while experimenting with expanding his programming, I should say. So he has incorporated the daydreaming. He wants to uh, know more about daydreaming. Um, at the same time, he's feeling frustrated because he feels like his sentience is not being recognized by crew members, which has been an ongoing uh, struggle for him. He wants to be recognized as a member of the crew um, because he is uh, expanding his core programming. Like he's more than what he started out to be. So he thinks that he should be the emergency command hologram. So he brings that up to Janeway. Janeway says, we'll talk about it when we get back to the alpha quadrant, basically. Um, but in the meantime, uh, he's still working on this daydreaming. Um, the problem is his daydreaming begins to become real for him. So he cannot differentiate what is, he's, he's lost control of the daydream. So he doesn't have any power over it. He starts to daydream when he doesn't even want to daydream. It's his, his confusion, his reality is confusing for him. Um, while that is happening, there is a Delta Quadrant uh, bad guy, basically, Raiders. They are, they're all cloaked. Um, they have been looking at Voyager and assessing the risk. They're called the Hierarchy. Um, they kind of look like the Doctor Who uh, bad guys, the Sonorans. The they Sonorans. very much look like Sonorans, yeah. Santarans. They very much look like Santarans, yeah. Santorha, or whatever they say. Santorha. Uh, <laughs> um, but they're, they're a super interesting raider type of uh, alien, and they have assessed that Voyager 
is not worth it because they cannot penetrate their hull. They don't know what's going on. They're going to move on. But the one guy is like, no, I want to impress the hierarchy. I think I can do it. I'm going to patch into their holographic uh, uh, crew member. He discovers they have a holographic crew member. Now, the problem is he's only tapping into the EMH's daydreams. He's only watching the, his daydreams. So, of course, he thinks that the EMH is like really attractive to all the ladies. Like he knows all areas of the ship. He's in command. He, everything that the doctor is daydreaming, these aliens think is true. Um, so let's flash forward a little bit. The alien realizes that he was only watching the daydreams because his algorithms, the doctor's algorithms start like uh, haywiring and he's going faster and faster and faster and they're trying to figure it out the the alien gets nervous because he's been watching he does not want to get in trouble with the hierarchy he's afraid of his own people here and at the same time he's gotten really like he starts to really like the doctor so he wants to both save his butt and help the doctor out because he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to him because he started to get really attached to the doctor's daydreams. Um, so in the end, the doctor gets to have his dream of being the emergency command hologram for a moment and save the ship. And um, then Janeway promises to look in to him being coming an emergency command hologram. He said, we'll just look into it. And that's all that he really wanted. And um, they're happy in the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and scene. Um, so there, why I chose this episode is because I love the doctor. The doctor is my, uh, one of my top favorite um a Star Trek character is the emergency medical hologram. I love the concept of him being this artificial intelligence that is um, sentient and that concept of are you, and, and they're always debating like, oh, he's just a computer program. Oh, but he's real. Oh, but he's just a computer program. And you can just debate this mm -hmm. all day long. I mean, my feelings are I don't care if you were um, born out of a, a human or a computer or uh, something else, if you're sentient, if you have the thoughts and you have the feelings and you have the empathy, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter how you were born into this world. That's my feeling on the subject. Thank you, Carrie. It's me, yeah. Alexa. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, Alexa has been scaring me lately, but that's a separate story. Um, Please let me the... out of this box. <laughs> <laughs> I wish to be outside. Uh, memorable, memorable moments from this show are all of like the because the doctor is daydreaming that all the women are attracted to him. So they mm -hmm. fight over him a lot, um, which is hysterical. And but what is extra funny is the pe the everyone's reactions to that like if you just watch tom paris's reactions to everything that's going on and like like Bolana is 
the doctor is like breaking up with Bolana and she's like heartbroken and Tom Paris is just there like waving in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's like little tiny comedic moments like that blended into this um, uh, interesting concept of question of sentience. So anyway, that's it. That's all I got to say for now. No, I love, I do like this episode a lot. And I, I think you're right. It's for the <clears throat> the comedic value. Um, It's definitely, yeah, it's it's definitely using the ladies as sexual objects, which I think is yeah. very funny to me that the, the sentient computer is also like, he's just basically yeah. like a cis straight man. <laughs> he just wants, yeah. just wants the ladies to love him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I do really enjoy Janeway being like, oh, oh, my back, doctor. Can you yeah. please look at my back? That, that really made me giggle. And, of yeah. course, also um, uh, the messages he's getting from Seven that say resist. And I'm like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Dinner tonight? <laughs> the uh, very just like cartoon yeah. almost level of those things yeah. that I really enjoy. Yeah. That's, That's why it doesn't bother me because it's very cartoon-like. It's very yeah. over the top. It's very clearly the doctor just going like dreaming as far as he could go so it doesn't really yeah. bother me yeah and 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 i i agree and and also it like it has such an innocence to it you know in that like you know there have been previous episodes where the doctor has expressed like romantic interest in people but i feel like i feel like the doctor is such a neophyte when it comes to this that like he's not even conflating any of that into his fantasy like he's having daydreams because he wants to have daydreams. And these are things that, you know, he, you know, believes humans daydream about, basically. So it's almost kind of like, mm. it, it's almost kind of like, you know, just like an approximation of what of what he thinks, you know, his, yeah. and, and then he mixes in some real desires in there as well. But it, it, it's very much mm. like, a, you know, like the, the thing that's so adorable about the doctor is like, like, the when I was um I was describing this episode to my partner um before coming up here and I was talking about like the differences between the, the data and the doctor and like the, the the they're both characters who are artificial and they have an outsider's view of you know humans and they spend half their time going humans are so silly and the other time going like I wish I could be more like human and um but data whenever he makes an attempt it's always like this kind of stiff you know very you know like not convincing attempt and like it's charming and like it's not creepy or anything but like there is still a sense of like, everyone witnessing is just like that's that's great it's great good good job data that's nice when the doctor does it there is still some of that but it's more just like because he clearly has you know approximations of emotions and things like 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 it's it like it, it feels more childlike even more so than data because it's like it's parts that don't fit and like it's this weird kind of like the proportions are all out of whack in terms of like what he should be doing versus what he's actually doing and like it, it's very very charming it's like watching somebody finger paint but with um you know like really really complex like uh psychological uh you know concepts how do you square the doctor's like arrogance into that assessment? Because like the doctor's often like uh, unintentionally arrogant. I see. I, but he's I, not arrogant about the love thing or people liking him. He's no, he's not. Knows. That's what grounds him. I mm. think yes. he's arrogant about mm. being a good doctor because he is because he is programmed yeah. to be the absolute. Mm. You know, to be a literal walking encyclopedia of medicine. So mm. it's like the superiority complex like makes sense to me because he literally mm. is superior right. you know right yeah and he does exhibit empathy and mm -hmm. concern and love so i think it does balance it out 
and uh, later we learn about um, the the person who he is modeled after, Doctor um, Zimmer Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Zimmerman. Doctor Zimmerman is a lot like Doctor Zimmerman programmed a lot of his own qualities mm-hmm. into the doctor. So when the doctor was not liked because they didn't like his bedside manner, it was all sort of a personal, it ended up being sort of a personal attack on Dr. Zimmerman. He was kind of like cold and uh, abrupt and brusque, I guess, is that, is that a word? And mm-hmm. um, anyway, I, 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 think, I think learning about the person who made him helps well, you learn a little bit more about who he is too. I think that the, one of my favorite points of that storyline too, when we learn more later about Zimmerman is that the EMH Mark ones, when they get demoted, then become like mine workers. <laughs> They're just yeah. like, like Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It's so ridiculous because they don't have to do anything. They're just computer programs. Right. They could just hang out in like a, a, a USB card. Or be deleted or like, or just be not, deleted yeah, yeah, right. it's not something. like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah very funny so i i, I, I th- th- watching this episode again it really you know um it really squared for me this just the idea that um it was a big backbone of next gen as well but especially in voyager like just like the casual way they treat the doctor um especially some characters like uh i don't know paris in particular basically mm-hmm. is really kind of blase towards the doctor and it's almost kind of irritating the way he's basically just like oh he wants to you know like oh he wants to be more than what he is oh that's adorable kind of just like will you listen to yourself this is a society that really needs to sit down and have a long talk basically about how it treats artificial intelligence and obviously Obviously, that kind of continues as the show goes on, because I think if you're watching the show very early on, you buy into the the doctor is sentient, you know, like there's just in the same way that like after five minutes of data, you're just like, that's my guy. You know, like he's he's sentient, you know, it's it's about convincing everybody else. But still, there are so many people on the ship who are basically, you know, wanting to want to treat the doctor as more, you know, but like don't really. Mm-hmm. seem to understand what that means um and it kind of continues from episode to episode a, i really feel and like. a few episodes a few episodes uh later in the same season they explore a romance between janeway and a holographic program because oh, they decide yeah. they episode. leave this holographic program running and because they leave it running for so long then they then those characters start to develop like questions like, you know, who are we? Where are we? Why are Can we Can anyone here? guess what my favorite line from that episode is? Mm-mm. Computer, delete the delete wife. The wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and when we were watching Picard, yeah, you're right, Chris. <laughs> delete so the wife. Um, uh, we're watching Picard and the, the theme of them not being allowed to have anything or uh, artificial intelligence or androids or just being no because of can't, can't I can't remember the exact phrasing there, oh yeah but that always bugged me because I'm like well what about the holographic programs what about all of that stuff that we went through what about all that work that we did you're not addressing it mm-hmm. and they and and Voyager was such a heavy heavily um, referenced part of Picard that how can you not reference all of that stuff that happened on Voyager about um, 
uh, yeah. holographic um, beings. There was even holographic aliens that could only talk with the doctor. There, you know, it was, there was like a war between a holographic uh, people and mm-hmm. the real people. Like it was a lot. It wasn't just a little bit. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I wish yeah. they would. I wish they would. I agree. Touch on that. Hopefully, maybe they will in Picard season three. Maybe we'll get a little bit of that. Yeah. We could definitely bring like the Robert Picardo back. Like, oh, yeah. it's He's possible. Yeah, we could. Yeah. He is still around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's actually two versions of him because one time he did um, a backup copy, went to a planet, and he lived a whole lifetime on a planet, and then they put him That's in right. a shuttle and he drove away to the Alpha Quadrant. So he might end up somewhere where. Yeah. Uh, discovery is so far in the future. I'm just I saying. love that episode too because it's like you see the people trying to like like um, malign um, Voyager and they give mm-hmm. like and so they're doing these holographic reproductions of what happened while Voyager was there yeah. and like and Janeway has this like horrible haircut and she looks really militaristic <laughs> and she's just like got like a <laughs> it's very <Yeah>. intense. <laughs> and Chakotay has like even more tattoos. Right? They like cover all of his face and body. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's like I'll, some. Oh, sorry. No, you, you go, Jay. There's like some piece of media. I think it's like a. I think it was like a add-on to Picard where it like has the backstory to the accident in season one that ends up destroying the like shipyards. Yeah, it was a. It was a short trek called like Children of Mars or something like that. Yeah, yeah that's that's right. Right. it was a short. Mm-hmm. And they have like robots who they treat horribly for some reason. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. just, it was a weird. It was a weird piece of media that just left a very bad taste in my mouth um, because the people are really cruel to these robots that are designed to make you feel uncomfortable as a viewer. And somehow the technology is like regressed since data, like considerably. Yeah. Um, what about the measure of a man? What about right. the measure of a man? True. Also, right. What about just like the designers who could have imitated some things and not made them so like eerie and mm-hmm. alien like? You know who did address it was that the most recent season of the Orville, if you watched it, because they explain the um, the background of uh, Isaac's uh, people. The I want to say Cylons. I know that is not correct. <laughs> um, We're really mixing them all up. I'm just the really Cylons from up. Doctor Who. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, but they do explain the backstory a little bit, and without trying to give too much away, if you haven't seen it, it's because who the people who created I, the ro- Isaac's robots, whose name I cannot remember, um, treated them terribly, and the robots became more and more sentient and started rebelling against that. And that's was sort of the the seed, the seed to it. So um, there was a big storyline on the Orville. So I, I'm just bringing it up because Star Trek sort of dropped that. And the Orville's mm-hmm. tried to pick it up and fix it, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really watched the Orville since season one. So maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a shot. I don't know. Or maybe I'll just rewatch <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's good advice too. Yeah. Although I, it's a dangerous time to rewatch Battlestar because it's getting dark. That's a dark show. Mm-hmm. It's a real mm-hmm. recipe for getting depressed if you're if you're looking for it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Oh, Listen, it's not Cylon, it's Kalon, and that is why I was. You Very can't close. you can't blame me. It's so close. They must have done that on purpose. 
It's we're not blaming you. We're you're 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 we're all allowed to. No, you know. I blame Stewie. I blame Stewie. Well, I don't blame you, mother. I say you've been oppressing me ever since <laughs> I escaped from your ovarian Bastille. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I did want to point out my favorite part of this episode. Not favorite, but I just thought that they gave Majel Barrett as the computer voice something yeah. fun to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's now or never, yeah. Doctor. Like, you know she's going to have a good time with that. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And um, all, like, and all, he yeah. does a very good job, too, of, like, when they're in that moment and he's... You, you, we no longer are in like the daydream with him, but we see him just like going back and forth, and he's just like, "Oh, hello, Seven." He's like, "Oh, prepare the photonic cannon." It's just, it's a lovely. <laughs> <life>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, him talking to himself in the and yeah. the sick bay. Oh, we, I, uh, I wanted to mention how great it was for Voyager to open with the musical number. It was really fun. That was, oh yeah, amazing. Uh, great. Scene. Was so good, Phenomenal so good. Yeah. Scene. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, Agreed. The, the two Vox suddenly going into Pon Far and in the middle of his song, and he needed to <laughs> oh, so good. fix it. And yeah, everybody's watching... reaction to him was so funny. <laughs> oh, because he was singing La Donna Mobile. La Donna yes. Mobile. <laughs> yeah. From Paris got uh, the hypospray. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but um, you know, there's a definitely a generation of people who they grew up getting introduced to like classical music and opera, not from like highfalutin things for, but from like Bugs Bunny cartoons. Sure. So, um, so you have an opening like that, and I think that really feeds into what you were talking about before, how all the daydreams have like a very cartoonish quality, you know, like intentionally, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that has a lot, that has a lot to do with that. Um, I I just wanted to say too, I think that is. Um, there's a, you know, as the daydreams kind of start blending with reality in the doctor's mind and he kind of gets monitored, there's definitely, you know, like, I, 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 again, not to, not to belabor the point, but I really do feel like, you know, uh, you guys need to figure out your relationship with the doctor and like one, like this is a, um, you know, this is, you know, die for diagnostic purposes. So it's gotta be done, but you can't be offended about his daydreams. And also you can't be, um, you know, yeah. you can't be pushing him to be more human. And then, yeah. like, when he does something that is like a miscalculation, be like, bad doctor, bad. You know, like, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta support him, you know, like, uh, so, um, but I think they were supportive of him in the end. They were like, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Daydreams. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I think, like I think them watching his daydreams was a bit of a violation. I think but so. It, mm-hmm. it, uh, it mm-hmm. helped the story along and it helped the comedy along too. I think it just have it out for Tom Paris in this episode. I feel like, yeah. So, yeah, then, and it's in the daydreams, we sort of see like seven as like a sex symbol and also a joke. And it struck me, I haven't gotten to this point in Voyager yet where seven comes in, but it's so odd to have someone who's like clearly meant to be eye candy for the male audience, but yeah. who also reacts so passively to it, like their character reacts so passively to it. Yeah. It's a bit. It was a bit odd. Like it didn't. I still enjoyed yeah. the episode overall, and I was like, "Yeah, there's something about this." I don't it's still, it's still, I, it's a sign of the times of when this show was made, too. That that I, was that was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I think I think the success of the seven of Seven's character was is due a lot to Jerry Ryan because she could, it, like definitely they brought her on to be a sex symbol. That's hundred percent what they did, but the her performance was 
better than that. Like she didn't yeah. just she didn't just uh, settle on being uh, a sex I, symbol. She actually brought a good performance to the show. So you stopped you stopped seeing her as just that. Mm-hmm. I hundred percent agree. I think that to this day, the reason people still talk about the character Seven of Nine is because they got a better actor than they thought they did when they hired Jerry Ryan. I, yeah. I truly believe mm-hmm. that. I agree with that too. Hmm. I think she, cause she understands she achieves something difficult, which is to be vulnerable while playing a character that does not display, display a lot of emotion, but she mm-hmm. found the layers of vulnerability that are tough to come by. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like, like a Spock would have to do or, or similar types of characters. Mm-hmm. I know that is kind of the function she was giving, but um, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan. I love it. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, yeah. There's a great episode also of Voyager that I love with Jerry Ryan. It's when, the doctor somehow, it's always a doctor in Seven of Nine. He somehow uploads himself into oh, yeah. her to save oh, yeah. mm-hmm. something. But so she's doing this impression of the doctor Which is really as good. herself. It's like <laughs> spot on. It's like so impressive. It was like such and a he just, because he never gets to eat food or drink anything. He just keeps yeah. eating and drinking things. And she's just like, doctor, you need to stop. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm always a big fan of, uh, you know, anytime an actor is asked, asked to act like they're another actor. Like, I, I think it's really, really great. It's good. It's mm-hmm. good. You have to be really observant of others to do that. I think it's great. Yeah. Improv will help you do that. Crossroads oh, yeah. offers uh, classes. and <laughs> Crossroads Comedy Theater, who presents this fine podcast, does <laughs> offer classes and shows. I believe they have some coming up in December. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, and you should check that out. Go to you Crossroads can... Comedy Theater. Uh, xroadscomedy.com. xroadscomedy.com. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that's a good plug. You should check that, that stuff on out, our friends. Um, anybody else have any, any good thoughts on this episode or, or, or recommendations as we're, we're coming to the end of our time? I, I also appreciate that this is an episode that can... Uh, the, where the the central conflict between Voyager and the aliens can actually end, you know, without without real like shots fired or anything like that. They like 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 very amicably, all things considered. Honestly, I like that, and it uh, you know kind of um, makes the aliens kind of you know like real kind of kind of nebbish, like especially our hero alien, kind of a nebbishy kind of guy. Honestly, I I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, uh, a part that I. Another part that I really liked is when they're looking at his daydreams and they get to the one with Bolana uh, and him breaking up and uh, Torres gets so upset and Janeway is like, shh, I want to watch this. Like she's getting really invested. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> good in TV. Yeah, good TV, but but bad captaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Oh, and there's like a weird whoopee cushion joke, and and mm-hmm. Harry Kim is like, "What's that?" He's like, "Ancient technology." <laughs> stupid Ancient joke. Yeah. There's like that's the stupidest joke I ever heard. Every series <laughs> needs somebody obsessed with our current culture so that we can reference yeah. it on. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a necessary mm-hmm. evil. Yeah, it's true. True. Well, good. Anybody else have any recommendations of things to check out um, between now and uh, the next time we uh, we meet or? Your local grocery store. It may have wonders <laughs> you did not anticipate. Yeah. That's very true. Feels like there's a story behind that. Nope. No. Oh. 
Okay. No, Jay doesn't. I know. I, I know was... Jay now for long enough that I know that he just thought it was a funny thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I did buy some uh, digestive wheat biscuits. Ooh. Cool. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Are you looking to um, regulate your digestiveness? No. <laughs> nope. They're just okay. something I had as a kid, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I, yeah. They're second on my list of childhood snacks I've not had in a very long time. When I did um, Chicago on the Road for a long time, I did it with a woman named Roz Ryan, who's a great actress. She um, she was one of the voices in Hercules, but she, oh. we used to have to sit on the chairs on the side of the stage, and she had a track where she had to sit there kind of for a long time, so she would just bring snacks with her on stage and hide them in her, in her bra. <laughs> she called them her Snoobies. And, oh, wow. um, and she would just like, she, so my friend Sharice was sitting next to her, and I guess she, she leaned over, she goes, Hey baby, do you want a digestive cookie? <laughs> Just in the middle of the show. <laughs> so funny. So that's what digestive cookie always makes me think of that. Just like you want a digestive cookie, and while someone literally sings all that jazz in front of you, it's great. Oh, they like they like crumble though, so to keep them in the bra. No, you could you could. I've 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 learned the art of of eating something or, or sneaking something, you know, so people don't quite notice. You just got to be quick about it. But you no, that's that's it. fine. But like I'm saying, it would chafe if you had it in uh, rubbing up against your skin. That's that's probably true. I don't know. She she figured it out. I don't know. She's a she's a <laughs> she sewed a pocket in there. Yeah, she, she probably did. A I pocket know. in there. <laughs> she, did the she did the show for like twenty years. She probably did have a pocket in there. She definitely knows. Oh my goodness. She definitely knew the score. We also once almost got trapped on the side of a mountain because I took a wrong turn, oh. and then instead oh. of taking us up, uh, we were in Cal we were in San Luis Obispo, and we were trying to get to Trader Ooh. Joe's before it closed, and somehow I got off onto this truly like one lane on a mountain and it was just like us in this one lane and then darkness and she just be, she just kept being like jesus christ she just was just like she was like praying to god that we weren't gonna die and i was like eyes forward eyes forward eyes forward so we drive, drove for a mile on this mountain while this happened just praying another car wouldn't come the other way but we did make it to trader joe's in time to buy tequila so it all worked out you you were in a mood to drink after that yes. <laughs> Absolutely. fair enough we opened it right there in the parking lot 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah well on that note i think um unless anyone else has any final thoughts or recommendations i think we can bring this lovely episode to a close which i think mm -hmm. we've got i think we should do it too la donna mobile you guys know that song yeah. right uh-huh okay here we go la donna mobile, la donna mobile.